The Transfiguration of Our Lord in the Year of Our Lord, 2024. A reading from 2 Kings, chapter 2. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he said, Yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Elijah said to him, Elisha, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The sons of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he answered, Yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Please stay here. For the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood at some distance from them, as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water, and the water was parted to the one side and to the other, till the two of them could go over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please, let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, You have asked a hard thing. Yet, if you see me as I am being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. And as they still went on and talked, behold, Chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And also a reading from the Gospel according to Mark, the ninth chapter. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud, This is my beloved son, listen to him. And suddenly looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them, but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, He charged them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Once again, the readings were from 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, 
and Mark chapter 9, verses 2 through 9. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When the prophet Elijah was taken up to heaven by a chariot and horses of fire, his assistant and successor, Elisha, had probably been with him for twenty years. In those twenty years, Elisha had learned from Elijah, had watched him confront, rebuke, and call to repentance numerous kings, and had assisted him in proclaiming the word of the Lord. Elisha had also surely heard of all the great things Elijah had accomplished before he was called as his assistant, such as Elijah's prediction of drought, his enduring of the drought with a widow and her son, his raising of that widow's son from the dead, and his overthrow of nearly 500 prophets of the false god Baal. And now, per our Old Testament reading, Elijah and Elisha are traveling from Gilgal to Bethel to Jericho and even across the Jordan River. Both must realize that Elijah's ministry is coming to an end. Elijah, perhaps not wanting to face the pain of saying goodbye to his assistant, looks for a way to separate from Elisha, declaring three times, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me elsewhere. Yet each time Elisha declares, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. To add to the gravity of the situation, everywhere Elijah and Elisha go, other prophets say to Elisha, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? To which Elisha can only reply, Yes, I know. Keep quiet. But why is Elisha determined to follow Elijah to the bitter end? Of course, there's the sadness that comes with saying goodbye to someone you've known for a long time. In Elisha's case, a 20-year apprenticeship under and friendship with Elijah. Even more, though, there's also probably much fear and anxiety on Elisha's part of filling Elijah's shoes. Elisha doesn't want to leave his master because he doesn't want things to change. He'd rather things remain the same, in the old way, with Elijah as the leader, than for him to become the new chief prophet of the northern kingdom. This is why when Elijah says, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you, Elisha requests, Please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And when Elisha sees Elijah be taken to heaven in a flaming chariot, he knows that he has received this double portion. Indeed, God worked great things through Elisha, just as he did through Elijah, including cleansing the waters of Jericho, raising a woman's son from the dead, predicting the victories of Israel against Syria, 
and healing the commander Naaman of his leprosy. Overall, God intended it to be out with the old and in with the new regarding Elijah and Elisha. In a similar way, when Jesus was transfigured before Peter, James, and John on an unnamed mountain, his disciples had probably been with him for two plus years at that point. In that time, the disciples had learned from Jesus, had followed him, had watched him teach, do miracles, and challenge the religious leaders throughout the regions of Galilee, Samaria, and Judea. And they had themselves assisted Jesus in proclaiming the gospel of God. But there's a sense that the disciples still don't get it. They haven't grasped that through Jesus, God the Father is working something new. They've been with Jesus for probably over two years, and only six days before the transfiguration, they finally realized Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah promised since the fall into sin. So God does something to help the disciples recognize the new thing he is working through his son, Jesus Christ. God transfigures. That is simply he changes the appearance of Jesus so that instead of displaying his humanity, Jesus' divinity is displayed. How exactly Jesus was changed is anyone's guess, but more than likely it means Jesus shone with a brightness and glory never before seen. And not just Jesus' flesh, but even his clothes shone with an unimaginable brightness. Through this revealing of his glory and divinity, the disciples would realize that Jesus is truly the Son of God and that God is active in the world to redeem people from sin. This unimaginable, unimaginable brightness also foreshadows the bright white clothing worn by the angel at the tomb after the resurrection, indicating that God is working to glorify and save all people from death itself and will give to all who believe in Jesus new life in his new creation. God also causes Elijah and Moses to appear with Jesus in his transfiguration. Moses represents the law, especially since God gave the Israelites the moral, civil, and ceremonial laws through Moses. Meanwhile, Elijah represents the prophets, especially since he is often considered the greatest of God's prophets, as we discussed earlier, bringing up his many accomplishments. Together, Moses and Elijah represent the Old Covenant. That is, how God saved the people of the Old Testament through the promise of a Savior, and confirmed this promise through signs, such as circumcision, Passover, and the sacrificial system. But, just as God intended it to be 
out with the old and in with the new, regarding Elijah and Elisha. God also intended it to be out with the old and in with the new, regarding the old and new covenants. To do this, God overshadows Jesus, Moses, Elijah, and the disciples in a cloud, declares, this is my beloved son, listen to him, and then ends the transfiguration, leaving Jesus alone with no one else but the disciples. By doing all this, God establishes that the Old Testament, that the Old Covenant has gone away, and he is working a new covenant through Jesus. In this new covenant, God saves us through the work of his Son and confirms his salvation as we listen to his Son's words of law and gospel and as we receive his Son's sacraments. So once again, the transfiguration demonstrates to the disciples and to all of us that through the life and ministry of Jesus, God is working something new for the salvation of the world. But the transfiguration is just a preview or foretaste of the new covenant and the glory of the new creation. There is still much that Jesus must do in order to establish the new covenant and bring us all into the glory of the new creation. And thus, by God telling us to listen to Jesus, this also means we listen to the message Jesus has been giving about his mission. That is, he must be betrayed, arrested, put on trial, tortured, crucified, buried, and resurrected on the third day. While the transfiguration displays the glory of Jesus and foreshadows the glory that awaits you, the transfiguration also confirms that Jesus institutes the new covenant and delivers you from sin by dying for you. And Jesus gives you new life and glorifies you in the new creation by being raised from the dead on the third day. Because of this, it is fitting that we celebrate the Transfiguration three days before Lent. But this has not always been the case. In other liturgical calendars, some still in use today, Transfiguration is celebrated on the 6th of August, However, by getting a glimpse of Jesus' glory, the same glory that awaits us, today on Transfiguration, we realize even more the depth of Jesus' passion for us. And by celebrating the Transfiguration today, this gives us patience and encouragement to go through the Lenten season and eagerly celebrate Jesus' glory on Easter. Indeed, as our closing hymn declares, Alleluia cannot always be our song while here below. Alleluia our transgressions make us for a while forego. For the solemn time is coming when our tears for sin must flow. 
Therefore, in our hymns we pray thee, grant us, blessed Trinity, at the last to keep thine Easter with thy faithful saints on high, there to thee forever singing, Alleluia, joyfully. On this transfiguration, may you, like Elisha with Elijah, follow Jesus to his bitter end in order to receive a double portion of grace and mercy from him. May you, like Peter desired, make a tent for Jesus, and even receive his Holy Spirit in you, so that by faith God himself would dwell in you, guide you, and finally take you to himself and his glory. And may you, as Peter declared, also say, It is good that we are here, here to celebrate the transfiguration, here to recognize the new thing God is doing through his Son, here to remember Jesus' suffering and even suffer with him, here to receive his forgiveness and a foretaste of his glory, here to await with joy the full experience of his glory and your own glory in his new creation. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Having heard the word of God, let us continue by confessing our faith using the Apostles' Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. O God, in the glorious transfiguration of your beloved Son, you confirmed the mysteries of the faith by the testimony of Moses and Elijah. In the voice that came from the bright cloud, you wonderfully foreshadowed our, our adoption by grace. Mercifully make us co-heirs with the King in his glory, and bring us to the fullness of our inheritance in heaven. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom, and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. God's richest blessings to you on the week ahead.